What's good, Wizards fans? We're going to talk about the new president of basketball hire, Michael Winger, but it's myself, Ed Oliver, my guy, Brandon Scott, and we have special guests again, Troy Halliburton. We're going to talk about it. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, today we have special guest Troy Halliburton. How are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling great. I feel like the Wizards didn't uh, twiddle their thumbs and and wait around and and prolong the hiring of a uh, new president of basketball operations. And so I think all is right in the Wizards world for today. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't hire a search firm this time. They didn't take forever, like you said, and, and end up with somebody in-house. I mean, they still could, but uh, they actually got somebody outside of the office, which is definitely different under Ted Leonsis. Um, But I, I wanted to get your initial thoughts on uh, the hiring of Michael Winger as president of, of basketball operations, president of Monumental Sports with the Go-Go, as well overseeing them and overseeing the Washington Mystics. Uh, what are your thoughts about his role? And um, because I, I I thought they were going to hire him as GM, but they brought him in as a as a higher position. So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I knew that they were always looking for a president of basketball operations. So when you look at the combination of Tommy Shepard and Tashi Brown leaving the Wizards organization over the last two years, like when when they got rid of Ernie Grunfeld, they started a new basketball structure, what was monumental basketball. And so going out and you know, they, they promoted Tommy Shepard from within, but they brought in Sashi Brown. And so they were pretty much like Tommy Shepard was running the basketball operations as far as the day-to-day things that were going on as far as the, the acquiring players, drafting of players, scouting of players and things of that nature. And Sashi Brown was really running the operations as far as the day-to-day operations of uh, making sure that the, the team is being able to fly into whatever city they're flying in, staying at what hotels, team security, um, the the looking at all of the people who are working at the facility. Like there, I feel like that, those were two different jobs. And I feel like Michael Winger is coming in, uh, being hired as the president of basketball operations. He's able to wear uh, two hats at the top when it comes to overall basketball acumen and selecting things that are going on with the Wizards but he's also a master he went to law school like he has a lot of NBA experience as far as running the day-to-day operations of things that are going on in monumental basketball and so I don't think that it's a surprise to hear that they are looking to hire a general manager who will be underneath uh Michael Winger who will be able to uh you know, kind of alleviate some of the things that he has on his plate when it comes to all the responsibilities that it comes to running three different franchises. Right. And um, what do you know about, there's a report saying that Will Dawkins has emerged as a candidate and, you know, he worked with Will Dawkins in Oklahoma City. 
Um, and I know you said that there's that a couple weeks ago you said possibly Brett Greenberg. Uh, what have you heard on the GM candidate front? I know Trajan Langdon had interviews. He's still in the mix. Uh, what have you heard on that front? Well, I don't think that Trajan Langdon is an option to be coming in as the general manager for this team. I think that when you look at um, being the general manager, being the temp- team president, I think that they're looking for a general manager, and I think that there will be two candidates to look at right now, and that's Dawkins and Greenberg. And so Greenberg probably has a little bit of an advantage because he has been like hands-on as far as running a lot of the Wizards' operation when it comes to their off-season preparation. And so, but the thing is, though, Winger didn't select Greenberg. And so he's going out and trying to get Dawkins. And I know Dawkins is a VP in OKC. And I think that he's a very much a good candidate who can come on. Like, I, after I heard Mark Stein put out that information yesterday, I went out and I started asking questions about, and people were like, yo, this guy is a steal of a candidate as far as being able to run front office, being able to scout, and and, and being able to, like, keep his he, – he does – his skill set – is very much different from Winger's skill set. And I think that, uh, I mean, if if Winger has the autonomy to do what it is that he wants, then I think that Dawkins will be the candidate. But I think that Brett Greenberg, like, I, I like the guy. I think that he has a, a great chance of being able to solidify himself as a potential candidate as well. So we'll, we'll I think that that decision will definitely tell a lot as far as how much autonomy and power uh, Michael Winger has when it comes to him taking over as the team president of the Wizards. Definitely. Will Dawkins is intriguing. You've seen what they've done with OKC, rebuilding that team. Um, Jalen Williams, SGA. Uh, they got Chet coming in. They've had uh, Lou Dort has played well. So they, they've been pretty good with their drafting so far. Finding guys. They just have multiple, multiple picks um, that, they, they, that they're going to be able to use. A lot of weapons uh, in the draft for sure. Um, and then Michael Winger, just learning more about him. Um, you know, like, like you said before, you know, he worked under Lawrence Frank. He did other things than more of the personnel stuff, uh, from what I've heard. So he will begin the GM and, um, Brandon, uh, you can go ahead. All right. Um, let's, I want to talk about Bradley Bill real quick. Now, obviously with Michael Winger coming in and with a potential general manager coming in, you know his 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 future is a little more murky because we right now we don't know what a you know what the vision going forward is. So as far as Bradley Bill, um, do you see him here for one more year? Do you see him on the trade block? You know w- what needs to happen for him to get moved, and if he does in fact waive his no trade clause, what teams do you see would be a good fit for Bradley Bill going forward? Okay, so you asked a lot with that question. I think. It's all up to Brad. You said he has a no trade clause. So really, whether he wants to leave, where he goes, all of that comes back to Brad. And so I think right now we're looking at a situation where, like I said, I said this on on the last podcast that I came on. I think he's like 160 points away from being the all-time scorer in uh, Wizards and Bullets history. And if I were a betting man, I would bet that, he's going to fulfill that. But I think that he's going to play long enough to, to, to go out and be the Wizards' all-time leading scorer. But uh, honestly, like, we, when you look at uh, Michael Winger, like, the situation that he's, like, kind of thrust upon 
like you got to start from like 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 certain like uh you we don't want to move the goal line too far ahead like too early and so there are things that are already in front of him there are like dates that are already in front of him as far as what he needs to do you have the nba draft coming up you have free agency starting july 1st and then you have like summer league after that and i think that before we even get into what he's going to do with bradley bill even though i think that's a very big decision I think that the prudent situation for a GM or a decision maker, team president coming in would be to try to kind of fulfill those obligations before you you start thinking down the road. So I think the biggest thing that he's thinking about right now is what the Wizards are going to do with the eighth pick. And then after that is what they're going to do with Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and then Cal Kuzma after that. And then we can talk about Bradley Bill. But Brad has all of the control in this situation. And so, you know, Michael, Michael Winger, I think, is, you know, just, just going to use his analytic brain and, and, and just try to take it one step at a time. No, I, I love that answer. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's what you want to hear because, you know, coming into a new job, you know, kind, you know evaluate the talent you have. So I, I get that. You know, looking at Bradley Bill and his contract, like you said, he holds all the cards. You know, no trade clause, trade kicker, the whole nine. And with that scoring record, you know, I think that's a big reason why he wants to stay around. So, yeah, I mean, that's really, I mean, I think as Wizard fans overall, that's what we want to hear is that, you know, he's coming into this job and he's really evaluating the situation he's in. And I, and I love that. You know, we, uh, me and Ed, we were talking about um, the five-year plan. And uh, I thought that was a good idea because, you know, with Ted and with Michael Winger talking about a plan, they have a plan. That's what you want to see. You know, for the last two, three years, it felt like there was no plan, that it was kind of like making decisions and, you know, retooling this roster on the whim. Now, not only is ownership kind of taking charge and saying, look, we need a plan. And so I've, I've been very impressed with the, with the transition so far because he's came in very professional. You know, uh, Ted Leonsis has impressed me a little bit because they're, they're really looking at the situation and saying, look, we need to make changes. You know, what we've been doing is not, is not working. So we need to make changes, overhaul the front office. So, you know, I think that hiring him was a big step. But getting back into Brad, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, I like Brad. I'm a big fan of Brad. And, you know, his contributions to D.C. and his franchise can't say enough. You know, but I I don't – me personally, I don't see him being moved. And if I do, it's at the deadline. Because, you know, let's be honest about where we're at with Brad. I mean, Brad, you know, when he fits into the role of score, that's where he makes his money. You know, trying to be a playmaker and all that I don't think works. You know, him being a scorer works for this team. So going forward long-term, I have no problem with him being here long-term as long as he, everybody defines roles. Now, you know, we could talk about, you know, whether he's a number one. And, you know, we, I think we've all had those conversations a thousand times, you know, you know whether he's a number one, number two, whatever. But for this roster, for this team to work, I think just defining roles is what works. And with Bradley Bill being that scorer, he, it works. You know, when the, when the ball movement flows to another player, especially when you pick up a point guard, when Brad is that scorer that we know he is, I have no problem with him being here long term. So yeah, I agree. You know, his contract really dictates a lot. But I like you said, I like the fact that you know Michael Winger's coming in here and he's evaluating. He's looking at what he has, he's taking his time, you know, and he's really doing it the right way. So I've been very impressed with the transition right now. So, you know, I'm I've been impressed with Michael Winger. And you know, shout out to Ted Leonsis because I think he's a really good hire. Um, and then getting back to Bradley Bill. You know, I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, trade them, rebuild. But I don't think we rebuild. I think we retool. I don't see Brad going anywhere. And, you know, and getting back into the go Coos and KP, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But I think that 
you know, this team ain't trash, man. And we definitely have pieces that, you know, we can build something here, you know. So I'm not, I don't think that we need to totally go through a full rebuild. I think that if they play their cards right with this offseason, we can be a better team going into next year. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, and honestly, like, the, that was, like, the most optimistic outlook that you can say about the Wizards. Like, yeah, we are assuming that Ted is going to do the right thing. We're assuming that Ted is going to allow Michael Winger to do all these things. We're assuming that everybody's, like, heart is in the right place and they have the the Wizards' best interest in mind. But honestly, like, I think that I like the hire. I think – like I said, I rated it. Uh, somebody asked me on Twitter. I gave it an eight out of ten. I like the, I love the hire because I think that Michael Winger is different from the status quo as far as leadership and being able to get into Telios's ear and 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 like just uh, put forth different options as far as how to build an NBA franchise. But all of that is hypothetical. Like we have to like let it play out and see what Michael Winger is literally able to do. And so, like, when, when when I'm looking at, like, the Wizards, like, there are a lot of decisions that they have to make. Like, like okay, they're literally, like, $7 million below the luxury tax line right now, and that is before Cal Kuzma. Uh, he, he has a, a team option for $13 million. But we all know that what he's going to sign for is probably going to be double that. And so that is going to put the Wizards in the luxury tax. And so when you look at the Wizards, as far I think Michael Winger, the his expertise, how he's going to really be able to make his money, is how he's going to be able to finagle his way out of either competing at a high level early on so that it justifies being in the luxury tax, or how he's going to be able to have little moves to duck his way out of the luxury tax. And so I feel like there's a lot more uh, to, to be kind of like viewed and settled as far as what's going to happen. But I think it's a good step in the right direction because Winger, he, he has like really good NBA experience. Like he came under Danny Ferry working with the Cavaliers. He went to o- Oklahoma City. And, and when you were talking about Oklahoma City, we were, uh, we were talking about Dawkins and the things that he might be able to bring because of, you know, these are collaborative efforts. We were talking about the people who are connected to organizations and people who are in these draft rooms. And so Michael Winger, he has a great track record as far as things he's able to do, as far as things, as far as draft rooms he's able to be in. But we really need to see what he can do as a decision maker. But I'm like, like I said, I think that he's a smart guy, and I'm just willing to see. I want to see how smart Taylor is going to allow him to be. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at because you know when when he first got hired, I was like, okay, he was the GM, so he made he pulled all the strings. But I know Lawrence Frank was a, a top of him um, with the Clippers, so he's Lawrence Frank was more the guy who kind of pulled the strings and you know pulled the trigger on trades like Blake Griffin, but Winger also did have a saying that he had a part in it. You know, there was an article saying that he wasn't really on board with trading, trading five first round picks for Paul George. I read about that. Um, he's more of a salary cap guy, smart guy, lawyer. Um, so I'm just learning more about him and, and you know, how much decision making is he going to make here? Of course, with Ted, um, the article, I'm, I'm going to get into the article, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into a quick break here and uh, talk about NBA game time. So we're going to talk about Ted and some more stuff. Um, but today's episode is brought to you by game time. 
buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. You got the Orioles. They're playing good baseball. You got the Nats. Um, you got the Mystics now. Make sure you guys go out there and support Michael Winger since he's overseeing the Mystics. So you get your tickets on Game Time. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over their over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download GameTime app, last-minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. All right, and um, I did want to, because you said 8 out of 10, so I just wanted to know why. Um, what what would make it 10 out of 10? I guess Bob Myers would have been a 10 out of 10, somebody like that. But um, And then the athletic article, it says, most important, Leonces would not be against a rebuild if that's the route winger wants to take, a league source said. So how much optimism does, does that give you um, that Ted is turning over a new leaf? He is going to give somebody – he is going to give winger a full control and the new GM. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that part of the article? Well, I have a lot of optimism about that aspect that you're talking about that come from the athletic article because they don't have a choice. The team sucks. Like, yeah, either, either you can or you're going to switch it up. Like, that's – so, like, <laughs> yes, I believe that, yeah, they, like they're open to a rebuild because, like, what they've been doing ain't working. So – but when it comes to Winger, I think that when you look at um, – the hire of him coming into the Wizards organization, you have to look at like different skill sets and things. So like, you're talking about how he has the law background. He's a salary cap expert. And so those are great things uh, when it comes to running the day-to-day operations of a uh, Fortune 500 company. That doesn't mean that he's an expert at going out and scouting players international scouting, college scouting, like these are different things. And so that's why I think that the emphasis has been put on the fact that he's going to need a GM to come in because he's not an expert at that. But a part of being a good leader is knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're not good at. So I can see the fact that this is a guy who, who has come winning organizations when you talk about just being a uh, out front and doing everything that you need to do on a day-to-day basis as far as running an NBA franchise. He knows what to do when it comes to that. And I think that when you look at all of the um, transactional things that are going to obviously have to come with the Wizards, because like I said, like they're not going to be in the luxury tax and not be in the play-in. Like they have – they. We have reached a fork in the road moment, and I think that Winger is going to be able to be able to tell him to go left or right. And Ted Leosis has entrusted him to be able to make that decision. But there are going to be a lot of other decisions that come under that. And so we are going to see a lot about his uh, capabilities and his leadership skills as far as how he handles and delegates all of those tasks. Right. So you you disagree with Brandon that the teams that the teams is not trash. No, the team's trash. Like I mean, they're <laughs> no, like, just, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. When you just objectively, when you look at it, if you are teetering on being at the luxury tax and not teetering at being in the play-in, like though the math is not mathing. Mm. No, I mean, that makes sense. Um, and then 
like I said, what what would make it an eight out of ten, or what who who would have been a ten out of ten? I, I guess it would be Bob Myers. It's not a thing about being a ten out of ten, really. Oh. If you look at it in a vacuum, he's a ten out of ten because hmm. this is a guy who, like, the Wizards found themselves in a position where they had the only front office job that was available, and this is a guy who, by all accounts, has had opportunities and has had, uh, um, you know, he's tried to be, he's been poached from other teams. But he chose to come here because he sees an opportunity to start a clean slate and to make something new and to make something real. And so we have to trust in his ability to be able, if he's a, a salary cap expert, then we have to entrust in him that he's either going to pay the luxury tax for a team that's going to be able to compete or be able to get below the luxury tax for a team and figure something else out. That's oh. it's it's either it's it's literally that simple. Oh, and then lastly, I'll, and then I'll let you go, Brandon. Um, so I, I'm thinking that it, if if it does end up if the GM ends up being the guy from OKC, Will Dawkins, or if it ends up being Brett Greenberg, you kind of read between between the lines and see that Ted may still have a hand if it ends up being Brett. Yeah, no, I think that Ted has let it. He's he has conceded power to Winger, and you know I don't think I think there's a scenario where Brett Greenberg could get a promotion and Dawkins could also come in, and like this this it's not like a, a rigid thing where oh if Dawkins come in then Brett's like I foresee that Brett Greenberg is going to be a part of the Wizards organization going forward, and so whether that is as the title as assistant GM. Or maybe he's a VP of scouting or a VP. Like I, we 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 really don't understand like the the uh, corporate structure of what monumental basketball is going to be, and I think that the possibilities are very much open in terms of what uh, Winger can do. Like I, I think that I mean uh, Dawkins is a VP right now in OKC, and so I don't see him making a lateral move. So I think that if he were to come to D.C., that he would be uh, the general manager or some title. I, he would probably be the general manager because there's only one way to go up from VP. But maybe Brett Greenberg uh, advances from assistant general manager to a VP. But I think that, like, it's, I think that Winger is going to be able to pick his staff and, and, and be able to empower people uh, to be able to go out and and and, and solidify every his vision for what he wants to do with the Wizards. All right, all right, and uh, Brandon, you can go ahead and you can get to a break. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna hit the point real quick. Um, yeah. I think the consensus that we all agree on is that why this move is so good hiring Michael Winger is that you're gonna have a front office where you have more than one perspective, more than one voice. You know, with Tommy, man, you, he was president. And he was GM, so you don't have a, you don't have a lot of people outside of ownership that's going to check him on decisions. Whereas if you have a front office where, like I said, you got different perspectives, that you know there may be a move where the GM's like, look, nah, you know, you have more than one eye, and I, I think that shows that there's competency in the front office. You know, you got people that know, like you said, he may not know how to go out and scout, but he knows the in and outs of the operations of running an NBA franchise, and that's what we need. And then you know, and the fact that he oversees a GM, which I think, you know, we're going to have more than one voice in the, in the front office. And I think that is a big plus. But um, now next, we're going to talk about um, Wes Unseld and really how much patience is new ownership going to have with him. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about Denny and the future at the small forward position for the Wizards. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. So there are three main areas of Bird Dogs that I'm going to pitch real quick. Uh, Number one, fit. I look better and feel better. They are very, 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 very comfortable. I mean, you wear them any kind of situation, going out on a walk, working out, going going to the bar, whatever you want to do, you look better and you feel better. Comfort. Their stretchy fabric looks great and they feel great. So and versatility, they give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and pants for the golf course as a meeting. Again, very versatile what you want to do. So, like I said, I'm a big fan of bird dogs. I, I acquired a couple of pair of shorts, and I'm trying to tell you, they look great and they feel great. So, go to birddogs.com/slash locked on NBA, and when you enter promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Me and E both got one. They'll keep your drink cold or hot depending on the situation. So, definitely recommend bird dogs again. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. So sliding into it, um, I'm covered West first. Now, obviously, look, you know, um, I felt that we kind of jumped the gun. If you look at a lot of the coaching candidates in the NBA right now, you've got a track record of coaches that have championship experience. Um, I feel like we kind of uh, rode with West a little early in the offseason. So with new with the new president coming in and a prospective new general manager. Um, it was safe to say that West was kind of already on the hot seat, but with new leadership, how patient are they going to be? Now, if we start slow, is he going to be axed or is it going to be like a year by year type deal? Um, I think that if I had to guess, I think that West would be safe like through next year. I think that if it goes like off the cliff, I think that they would be compelled to make a decision uh in season but if i if i were a betting man if i had to bet i think that he would probably go through next season and i think that when you look at it from a winger's perspective like it kind of gives him a little bit of leeway so like he can always say oh this year was the year i didn't have my coach so if it goes left like he can always say i can go i can go back and get a coach and so, and like I said, like, I think that when you look at all of the interpersonal relationships that go around the Wizards organization, the history of the Wizards, I, I think that Wes is good. I think he's safe to be able to, um, you know, be able to show and prove. And so, you know, I think that a lot of Wizards fans, when you're looking at the evaluation of uh, Wes Unsell, you know, I think that a lot of people would say that they did, he didn't have the accuracy. The, the talent, the proper talent to be able to go out and do what he needed to do. And so really, like, this is going to be all up to him at this point. So, but I think that he's going to have that opportunity. And like I said, like, the way that everything has played out, like, I, I don't see there being a short fuse or, a, you know, a short trigger on, like, uh, his situation as far as coaching. Okay, fair enough. I, I I see that. You know, I kind of figure it'll be like a, a year thing. And, you know, hey, like you said, the ball is in his court. So <laughs> it behooves him to make those adjustments and really take that step from year two to year three. Now, I, look, I'm a believer in him. You know, first time head coach. Now, I've obviously been very hard on him on, on this step, on the show. Um, he has his shortcomings. But I believe, you know, I want to see him succeed. And I want to see him do great in D.C. So, yeah, I, I always thought it was going to be a one-year thing. I didn't, I didn't think they were going to try to ax him after 20 games. I think they're definitely going to take a year. And then, like you said, after that, evaluate the head coaching position and go from there so he can kind of choose his guy if, in fact, Weston Seldes is not. So uh, we're going to talk about Jenny Avia. Now, obviously, he has a big following uh, with his fan base. 
is next year is a uh, contract year for him. So there's some options in his offseason. You know, the um re-signing Kyle Kuzma is an option. Um going to, looking at the draft, you know, if we don't get a point guard, a couple of forwards, you know, one of them being Cam Whitmore has been mentioned on I mean, Oscar Thompson. So um, I'm, I'm gonna give you a couple of scenarios and you tell me the likelihood that Denny could be moved or not. So if we go into the draft and you know the point guard's not there and we end up picking up a forward like Oscar Thompson or Cam Whitmore, does that kind of is that pushing Denny out, out of DC? Is the likelihood of us re-signing him low? Or what factors would keep us from keeping Denny Avi on DC? I think Denny Avdia is going to be a wizard next year because I don't think the demand out from outside teams for Denny Avdia is as high as Denny Avdia fans would like. So I think that he's going to be on the team next year. And I think like just even more so when we're talking about what the position that Wes Unsell is in, Denny Avdia is show approved right now. Like he has to go out and show that he's going to be capable of being a high-level NBA rotational player. And I I, I think that Denny Avdia has a place in this league. Like, But, like, does he want to be um, OG Ananobi or Troy Brown? And I think that literally the outlook for his season, he's at a fork in a row where he's looking at two career paths where he could literally be one of those two things. He could be OG Ananobi, a, a, a competent 3 and D wing, who a lot of teams around the NBA covet, or he could be Troy Brown, a guy who basketball people know that has a guy who has a lot of talent and who can do a lot of things, but he's never going to be able to get the trust of coaching staff, of his peers, to be able to go out and do the things that he envisions for himself. So if Kyle Kuzma walks and we – pick up maybe an Anthony Black to play point guard next year. Do you do you have enough trust in Denny to come in and start at small forward? Or do you still think we need a veteran guy at, at, on the wing? If Kyle Kuzma walks, I think that Michael Winger has failed in his first uh, few weeks as the uh, leader of the basketball operations for the Wizards. Like, the Wizards have to either re-sign Kyle Kuzma or sign and trade him. Like, that, he, if he walks for nothing... Like, that is a complete loss for the Wizards. And I know that Michael Winger being put in that position is not his fault, but the ultimate outcome of that would be his fault. So, like, that, I I just cannot see Winger doing that. Like, I think that there are enough teams out there who have enough cap space and people, like, Kuzma, there are a lot of teams that were interested in Kyle Kuzma at the trade deadline. They could have traded him at the deadline and gotten – legitimate stuff back so just you saying him walking for nothing like that cannot be an option and so i don't foresee that as being an option i think that they will either sign him back to a reasonable deal or they might overpay him or sign and trade him so like but him walking for nothing if that happens like it doesn't matter what position tommy shepherd put michael winger in like that will be a loss no, I totally agree. I'm 100% behind you. I believe that, you know, with Kyle Kuzma, you got to get value. If you're not a, if you're not going to retain him, sign and trade is the option. You cannot let him walk away. And this is the a guy thing. who has value. Like, yeah. there are teams who want him. So, oh, and, I, I, yeah. like, I just – I don't see that as a, a, an option. But, like, I'm very curious to see uh, what the Wizards will do. Like, I think that Michael Winger – 
I, I don't want I don't want Wizards fans to uh, be discouraged to see if they pay Kyle Kuzma or if they overpay him to think that that is going to be the final option. Because I think that they could he could very well he could sign Kuzma and trade him at the at the trade deadline and that could be their plan. But we won't know that. So you know, like I said, I think that Winger, I think he's in a good spot because. He has a lot of options of different things that he can do and different directions he can take as far as creating a, an actual plan and outlook for what the Washington Wizards will look like. Okay. I can dig it. <laughs> I, I agree with you, man. I think that, you know, again, I'm going to hit the, hit the point again, man. You know, you got to get value. Cannot let him walk for nothing, man. So I'm 100% behind you. So, hey, what do you, what do you think, E? Um, yeah, Troy, you brought up OG Ananobi. So I'm just looking at some numbers here. Denny shot 29% from three and then OG shot 38% from three. So, um, it's a pretty big difference. So Denny, he, 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 he has to work on that shot too. Like you said, in his career for his career to be successful, he's got to be a threat from there. You can't have games where LeBron is just staying in the paint or staying around the rim and not going out there and guarding Denny because he will be on the, uh, I wouldn't, I, I, you know, I know Denny fans will be upset if we say Troy Brown, but you know, he'll be closer to that, way closer to that than he is closer to OG Ananobi's career for sure. So um, he, he has a long way to go in that aspect. Um, but no, I mean, Kuzma, yeah, I wouldn't let him walk. And then Troy, I, I, I bet you feel the same way about Porzingis. They got to bring him back or do a sign and trade or something with that contract. He, they can't let him walk. I feel very confident about Porzingis coming back because like this, he had, his options for $36 million, there isn't $36 million out there for him on the free agent market. So I think his two options are either re-up for the 36 and come back next year or try to sign a longer-term extension deal where you can do, like, you know, a four- or five-year deal where you make, like, $30 million per year. Like, I don't – like, there, there isn't an option for him to go out and get $36 million in the free agent market. Right. And then going back to Denny, another thing, too, is that, you know, he, he – right now he's at a 3-and-D role but he's at the best with the ball in his hands. And right now he's just, as a 3 and D guy, I just don't know if, if he's going to be success, successful in that position, but that's what teams are looking at him right now. For him, what he came out of college was being a guy who was dominating the ball. And, and right here, he just hasn't got, he hasn't, he hasn't really had an opportunity to do that. But at this point, he doesn't handle the ball good enough to really be the point forward or point guard that a lot of, you know, the fan base wants him to be the Denny fan base wants him to be, but I mean, in order to yeah. be that type of player you're talking about, he's got to have two hands. Like this is a guy yeah, who true. is like legitimately right hand dominant. He doesn't, he does very little with his left hand. So you can't even be that type of player you're talking about if you don't use both of your hands. So I, th I think Denny, he has to put in a lot of work, but like he has a path in which he can be a serviceable NBA player, make a lot of money if he can fit into that role. Yeah, it, I think that is the role that he's going to have to be if he wants to have a long career in the NBA. Um, so we'll just see. It's a big year for him. It's a big contract year. But he, he's got to shoot the ball better than 29% from the three-point line for sure um, and, and finish better around the room. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, the last thing I got is um, I know you said you had three questions for Ted. If they do have a press conference, do you know if they're going to have a press conference at all? Have you heard anything? Um, and, and what were those three questions or, or three things? Well, they're, they're definitely going to have a press conference, and I don't know if Ted's going to be there. And so I I'm, I want everybody to be surprised, just as Ted is. But, like, that, that's my guy. I, like, I have a good relationship with him. And so, like, I, I, I literally just want to 
understand the thought process as far as how everything has gone down. So that's that's that that's literally all that is. Okay. But Ted's my guy. Like I like, I think that when it comes to his business acumen, like this is a guy who know he knows what he's doing. But when it comes to tapping into the wizards and the fan base and everything else that comes with that, I think that he has blind sides. But I'm here for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brandon, do you have anything else? Ah, uh, no, sir. I I definitely appreciate your time, man. I mean, a lot of good talk about basketball today, man. I mean, uh, I just uh, Denny. I mean, um, I'm gonna talk about Denny right before we roll, man. It's just I don't know if he's ever gonna feel that three and D. I mean, yeah, you need you need you need the three to be well, a three the thing and D. Is, so when it come when you look at what people label as three and D players in today's NBA, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who don't have the D or the three. He's got the D on lock. So. It's just up to him to either be able to competently shoot a good percentage. We're not even asking him to shoot no 40%. Give us a 35, 33, and then be able to close out what Duncan Robinson is doing in uh, the Miami Heat series. Like, oh, if, if you if you close out on my three, put the ball on the floor, make some layups. Like, then he has to add those different things to his game. So, like, I'm, I, I feel good about his capabilities of being a 3 and D. He's got the D part down. Like, you know, hey, get in the lab and, and get a left hand or hit a shot. Like, he's got multiple options where he can be effective on the court on an offensive standpoint and not get the Tony Allen treatment. Mm. Yeah, no, I was, I was laughing on social media because people were reacting when you said that uh, Tommy Shepard, what got him the ax was drafting uh, Denny before. Tyrese Halliburton and hey, hey. others, but you know, hey man, Tyrese Halliburton made the All Star game last year, man. I don't, I, I, I just spit facts, like, look, man, we're 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 realists around here, and so, you know, I think that there are multiple things that led into you know Tommy Shepard not being there with the Wizards, but if there was one decision that I know he wish he could have back, it would be that. So let me ask you this real quick: you you made the comment that Ted is the yeah. businessman, and I agree. Do you think that drafting Denny over Tyrese Halliburton had more to do with the marketability of Denny, especially with no, overseas fans? No, I think, fans? honestly, looking back on it now, I think that Ted entrusted Tommy to do the right thing. And I think that Tommy let his biases come in as far as things that he has been doing over his 20-year career. He He's he's the inter, international scout guru, so he has to go out and find some interna- international guys. So... Like I don't like I don't think that anybody in any of these situations had a malicious intent of trying to make the wizard suck. I think that people just kind of get caught up in their own ego and they try to do their own thing, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Okay, I could dig it. <laughs> I could definitely dig it. Yeah, so you got anything? definitely gonna. Um, did you have anything to promote? I know when they do make the hire, Will Dawkins, if you are free and available. Um, I know the summertime's coming up, so you might be out of town or something like that. But we'll definitely contact you if um, if they do hire a GM within the next weeks before the draft. Uh, but did you have anything to promote? Man, I'm kind of chilling off of my Wizards coverage going into the summer. Getting into the Mystics, though. Went to a Mystics practice the other day. And like, I think that that is a team that Washington, D.C. can get behind. Okay, okay. It is uh... – I think I heard something about Chrissy Tolliver coming out of retirement, but you know, I'll definitely she already come out of retirement, dropping buckets. 
Okay. Come okay. down wide. She dropping buckets. She already out of the buckets. I'm like double digits, dropping buckets. <laughs> I got to check them out. But before we wrap it up, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Make sure you guys check it out next week. We're going to be talking about the NBA draft a little bit more. And then hopefully they do come away with a GM next week. Uh, the draft is not too far away at all. I just want to thank you again, Troy. You can follow him on Twitter at Troy Halliburton, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct, right? Yeah, Troy Halliburton on Twitter. Definitely an intriguing follow. Hell to the Wizards. Peace.